Hello, welcome to Workplace Wake Up. I'm Jen Shaw. Every week, I spend about 15 minutes covering legal developments, introducing you to interesting guests, and providing some entertainment to start your workday. We're going to talk about sick leave. And can I just say something? I am sick and tired of talking about sick leave. Here's the deal. It used to be easy in the old days. The employer offered sick leave. They could decide how much they wanted to provide and when it could be used and for what reasons. And it was very simple and straightforward and easy. Well, that has all changed. As you will recall, on July 1, 2015, California implemented the California Healthy Workplace Healthy Families Act, better known as California Paid Sick Leave. And we started the trend. So many states and many localities within California have their own programs, their own sick leave programs. Some of them are narrowly construed. Some of them are more broad. Some of them even include things like bereavement leave. So when you're sitting down and you're trying to figure out how much sick leave does someone get, you've got to really think about it, right? Now that the governor has signed the extension of California's COVID-19 supplemental sick leave, we have a new form of sick leave or an additional form of sick leave that's going to extend through December 31 of this year. So you've got the California Healthy Workplace Healthy Families Act. You've got the COVID-19 sick leave. And then if you're a multi-state employer or even a multi-city employer, you might have other sick leave laws that you need to deal with. I mean, literally in the Bay Area, there are about 11 different sick leave ordinances in Emeryville and Oakland and San Jose and San Francisco and Santa Clara and Vacaville. It's crazy. So when we talk about sick leave, there are a couple of things that I want to highlight for you. The first thing to understand is you need to do what the law requires. That's the minimum standard. So this becomes important when you have employees who are working remotely. If somebody has decided to move to Kentucky, you don't have an operation in Kentucky. They're reporting into your office in San Francisco and everything they do is sent to the office in San Francisco. You're gonna be subject to the San Francisco sick leave and every other San Francisco ordinance and there are a ton of them. So you've gotta think about where's the person working what sick leave laws am I required to comply with? And believe it or not, they're not all consistent in such a way that you could definitely comply with all of them with one policy. So you may have to have provisions, you know, if you work in San Jose, this is going to be your plan. If you work in Oakland or Emeryville, this is going to be your plan. Now, this becomes an even bigger issue for multi-state employers. We do a lot of work with employers who have operations across the country. And they will call us very sweetly and say, Jen, I need a sick leave policy. And it sounds so simple and easy and straightforward. But then I have to come out with a barrage of questions, right? Where do they work? How much do you want to give? Do you want it to... Um, be also part of your vacation plan? Do you want to put it all in one sort of a PTO plan where you just give them a bunch of time off they can use for any reason? Do you want to keep it in separate banks? Do you want to do them a, one bank that's a minimum that complies with California or Connecticut or whatever state you're in where you need to deal with sick leave and then give another sick leave 
balance or program that will allow them to get more paid time as they work for you longer. What do you do if you've already got people who have seven, eight, nine hundred hours of sick leave and now you want to change your plan? How do you do that? So there are a couple of things to keep in mind here. First of all, got to know where your employees are working. Got to know what your minimum requirements are for each of those employees. Okay. And then you can decide how generous you want to be in terms of the benefit. For example, I work with a lot of private schools and they have folks who get a lot of time off, right? They've got time off at Christmas and Thanksgiving and Easter and summer. And yet some of these schools want to offer three weeks of sick leave. I'm like, why would you do that? Because now you're going to have to find substitutes for three weeks of sick time, right? And you know what? People are generally going to use their sick time if it's available to them. So you want to think about what makes sense for your workplace, what makes sense for your organization. How do you want to allow employees to use this sick time? That's a very important part of the process. Now, the law dictates in many places like California, a very broad list of protected uses for sick time. Other places are more vague and they give the employer more discretion to define who is going to be included in those sick leave policies. Now, also understand that if you give people sick time or for that matter, vacation time, you can't discipline them for using that time unless they're of using that time. So they're calling in sick every Friday or every day after a holiday. But you can't say, oh, you have excessive absenteeism if all that's happened is that they use the time you gave them. And that's an important issue. That comes up a lot with our clients where they'll call and say, oh, Johnny's having an attendance problem. And come to find out, Johnny's just using the time that he was already given under the employer's policy. The other thing to realize about sick time is it's not considered wages. In California, of course, vacation time or PTO, that all-in-one bank, is going to be considered wages. So you want to think about the fact that your sick time doesn't have to be paid out on termination, but your vacation or PTO time will. Also, speaking of COVID sick time, who knows what's going to happen with COVID this fall? We've heard it's going to be a terrible flu season. So you want to think about, do you have a flu vaccine program? Are you going to let people take time off for not just COVID-19 immunizations, but the flu shot? Also, what are you going to do when someone gets really sick, right? Either because they didn't get vaccinated or they got vaccinated and for whatever reason, it didn't work. It didn't work well enough. What is your extended leave of absence policy? So when somebody calls us to say, oh, Jen, we need a sick leave policy, there are about 500 questions that we need to ask to make sure we're setting up a program for that employer that makes sense. And we're actually helping them sort through not just sick leave, but all of the different leave requirements. Remember, sick leave is about the right to time off. And it also gives what we call wage replacement benefits, right? Some laws don't have wage replacement benefits. They just give the right to leave, like the California Family Rights Act, right? If you have five or more employees, 
you're going to be required to give your employees a certain amount of time off, depending on the reason they need to miss work. If it's for themselves or for a family member, for a military service related reason, but you're going to have to give them the time. You don't pay them. The way they get paid is either SDI, the state disability insurance here in California. Maybe they purchased a separate short-term or long-term disability policy. Maybe they have accrued leave on the books, whether it's sick leave or vacation. But in that case, they have a right to the leave, but not a right to wage replacement. Now, sometimes the opposite is true, right? Paid family leave, the SDI is used when an employee can't come to work because of their own illness or injury. Paid family leave is when the employee can't come to work because they're taking care of a family member who has an illness or injury or they're bonding with a new child, right? Well, paid family leave doesn't give employees the right to take time off. All paid family leave says is if you are given time off by your employer, either because it's required by law or because of your employer policy says you get it, we're gonna give you wage replacement benefits. We're gonna let you get paid family leave benefits. So I think it's important when you're evaluating sick leave and other leave situations that you look at, okay, does this law I'm looking at provide for a right to leave and a right to wage replacement benefits or just a right to leave or just a right to wage replacement benefits? And then you've got to make sure you've got these policies written down. I know there's a lot of reticence. People don't like employee handbooks. They don't want to have to update them. I get it. But there are a number of things that are required to be in your employee handbook. And paid sick leave is one of them because of the healthy families, healthy workplace sick leave, and also because of all these local jurisdictions here in California that have their own paid sick leave plans. So when you're thinking about how to manage sick leave, you can't just look at sick leave by itself, right? You've got to look at how it integrates into your whole system of leaves of absence and reasonable accommodations. Because remember, time off can not only be statutorily protected, required by the law, right? Like the Family and Medical Leave Act or the California Family Rights Act or pregnancy disability leave, but it can also be a form of reasonable accommodation that is required by the Americans with Disabilities Act and state equivalents like the Fair Employment and Housing Act here in California. So you're always gonna look at your statutory leave first and then you're gonna figure out, okay, what else can I do for this person? And one of the things that I think is really important to think about is we often feel as employers that we wanna be really generous with sick leave. We wanna make sure that people, for example, don't come to work sick. So we want to make sure that they have enough time off. But if you give too much sick leave, the vast majority of people will take it. And then you've got a workflow issue. Then you've got a productivity issue. So you've got to find your sweet spot in your organization of how much sick leave should I give above what is legally required, if any. And if I do that, what limitations and restrictions can I put on the use? And when can I decide to take disciplinary action against someone for abusing my policy? So just like any other policy you have in an employee handbook, your sick leave policy needs to be written very clearly. It needs to spell out to whom it applies and what uses are available for sick time and 
when there could be corrective action. A lot of employers in an effort to what they think will simplify this process, they have what's called an attendance policy that's based on points. They try to have it coincide with their sick leave policy. But attendance policies that have points are very risky these days because the California Healthy Families, Healthy Workplace law says you can't discipline or take any negative action against an employee for using Healthy Workplace, Healthy Families Act sick leave. So you can't give someone an attendance point for that type of an attendance issue. So when you're thinking about attendance issues, leave issues, uh, wage replacement issues, your sick leave policy has to be read in conjunction with a number of other policies. You can't just look at your sick leave policy in the abstract and not look at other issues that may come into play. So sick leave is definitely complex, particularly, as I mentioned earlier, if you're in a situation where you have employees in multiple jurisdictions, whether statewide or or, um, throughout the country. And you want to think about how much do you want to advertise to employees that someone in another location may have a better deal than they have, right? So when you think about it from that perspective, you want to consider, all right, what do I want to do to make sure that I'm being fair, that I'm being consistent, that I'm being transparent, right? This shouldn't be any sort of a hide the ball situation. This should be a situation where you let people know what they have for sick leave and you take the time to write a policy that makes sense and to make sure that it refers to and is read in conjunction with related policies and practices. That is how you can sort out these sick leave complexities one step at a time. And this is not an area, in fact, I don't think anything in HR is an area where you can rush. You've got to take a step back, get all your ducks in a row, make sure you've got all the law spelled out. You know what you need to be doing, not forgetting about those remote workers who may be in Vermont or New Hampshire or or Texas and what additional rules may apply to them. So I know sick leave is a pain. I get it. But it's one of those things that we've got to figure out as part of our jobs. So I just feel like it's best to jump in with both feet, figure out what you're doing. Is what you're doing now right? If it isn't, get some resources to figure out how to make it right. Thanks everyone for joining me today. We'll see you next time. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to spread the word, please share it with others, post about it on social media and or rate and review it. Of course, you can also follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, and email us at info at Workplace Wake Up, including its guests and hosts, do not provide legal advice in this podcast. Do not act upon any of the information discussed in this podcast without consulting a licensed attorney in your jurisdiction.